Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today is super exciting. First time I'm back since our, our well, I was going to say vacation, um, three weeks in Thailand. So it was amazing. And to all my friends out there, God bless you and I miss you. Viruses and germ theory, you guys inspired me. Because to go over there and educate um, people that germs do not cause disease, that germ theory is absolutely a theory that's been proven false, and viruses, what are those? Okay, so it's going to go back to uh, Louis Pasteur and Antoine Beauchamp. Okay, but I'd like to give you two books that you you need to read. One, um, Dissolving Illusions, um, and this is by Susan Humphreys and Roman Bistrenkiki. And the other one is The Dream and Lie of Louis Pasteur. Um, by Trin Nguyen and uh, R.B. Pearson. Um, you got to read the history. Now, we're going to have um, a, a section that is completely censored okay, on the Dr. B. VIP. And also, Dr. B. VIP is going to have our in-person apprenticeship program on the, on the 15th of this month, uh, next Thursday. And it's going to be exciting. We're going to talk about the cure for the common cold, what the common cold is, and how that your body responds. And all of this um, will be on Extreme Health Academy. You still get that for um, two weeks for no charge with Bergman 14. And we're going to be posting it on BitChute, Library, Odyssey, Rumble, everywhere. Okay, now, let's look at how healthy our children are. Now, we know since 2011, 54% of our children... <clears throat> had at least one chronic illness or disease. The biggest thing, just saw the military yesterday. They said, um, you know, some military expert general um, said that he doesn't have enough men to fill the ranks. Well, they've known that since, I'm talking 2009. But now with the insane vaccine mandates, they cannot fill the ranks of the people that are designed to protect our country. So let's basically look at what things weaken the immune system and what things um, strengthen the immune system. So the things that weaken the immune system is going to be stress, medications, um, nutrients, sedentary lifestyle, sleep pattern issues, lack of sleep. So it's basically the physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Now, so what kind of things help your immune system? Well, we know healthy, dealing with the physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Um, you got it. And you've, when you figure medications, steroid, vaccines, all of these things weaken your immune system. So eliminate the reason the doctors gave you the drugs. And then sufficient nutrients. I'm mean, talking vitamins, active lifestyle, healthy sleep. So it's real basic. <clears throat> now... Virchown. Virchown is, is virtually the, the popularly reputed as the father of the germ theory. And he said, if I could live my life over again, I would devote it to proving that germs seek their natural habitat, disease tissue, rather than being cause of disease. So you have Pasteur that's holding the idea, germs cause disease, so you've got to run away, kill the germs. And Beauchamp is saying, and Virchow, 
is saying, no, the viruses, germs, bacteria, all of these, they have a job. So their job is to, is to chew up and they're attracted to dead tissue. <clears throat> the old saying is flies don't cause garbage. Garbage attract flies. Now, if you've been in America or on the third planet from the sun and in some type of social organization called a city, you know that there have been insane recommendations of one person's going to infect two, two infect four, four infect eight, eight infect, you know, and then soon the entire world will be infected. I know with something no worse than the flu that we know now. But remember, that population spread assumes that 100% of the people are susceptible. And, and so that means 100% are going to have a similar immune system response. Well, let's just see how ridiculous that is, because let's say that, that 100 people walk through a swamp. They all get bit by mosquitoes containing malaria. Do they all get malaria? No. 100 people all bit by a tick in Lyme, Connecticut. Do they all get Lyme disease? No, some do, some don't. Why? Because pathogens, bacteria, viruses, funguses, all these little guys in the, in, that were designed to live with are not, um, they're, they're opportunistic parasites. Like, like let's look at, um, say, smallpox. Okay, less than 20% of the world's population was vaccinated against smallpox. So we know that, was it really the germ, the vaccine that saved us? What about scurvy, rickets, beriberi, um, anemic, kwashiorkor, all of these diseases, they were corrected by nutrition. Polio, diphtheria, pertussis, measles, is it really the, the virus or bacteria or pathogen that's causing that problem or the response? <clears throat> so now if you look at the sensible material that, that was put out, and, and this is what uh, we've had a lot of videos wiped out. Um, our channel is being demonetized, 200 videos wiped out, by saying that the current um, virus is very, very popular. We call it Voldemort that 99.99% of the people recover from, okay, that don't have an issue with it. And this is at virtually every age category. Well, did you know polio, okay, it killed one in 100,000 people. Measles killed in one every 500,000. Pertussis, one in every 77,000. And so when you look at polio, measles, pertussis, tetanus, mumps, rubella, diphtheria, chickenpox, hepatitis B, Hib, all of these diseases that we vaccinate for, 99.99% of the population is not going to have an issue with it. Isn't that weird? Okay, because if you think about this, so, so let's look at this. What is a virus? A virus lacks its ability to replicate on its own. It's not a living organism. It's a, simply a well-organized molecular parasite according to Fabio Romero, Institute of Human Virology. Now, when we look at this, up to 45% of your genetic information in your DNA is viral. <clears throat> this means that the information that you use to encode proteins um, is, is a little virus hotel. You need this. Viruses are responsible for critically important functions in nature, variations in patients. 
um, viruses can change response to alterations in the environment. So we need this, this little bit of protein that can't replicate on its own to communicate what our environment is doing. Viruses are vital for our ecosystem. Okay? They, they're able to move genetic information between different hosts. And, and I love the, this, this one quote. Um, Andrew Holmes, microbiologist from the University of City, uh, Sydney. Um, we still do not fully understand how this is influenced and continues to influence the evolution of our new species, moving genetic information. So just know um, Theobald Smith, and he lived 1859 to 1834, pioneer epidemiologist, bacteriologist, pathologist. He wrote um, a, a formula for the severity of the disease, that how severe a disease is going to be, it goes on the virulence of the pathogen. So is it the common cold, which is not that deadly? Or is it Ebola, which is really deadly, but not that infectious? So the virulence of the pathogen times the number of pathogens times the opening size, everything is divided by the resistance of host. So now this is hugely important because anything you do to help the body's immune system will increase that resistance of host or the body's ability to regenerate healthy tissue as opposed to causing damaged tissue. Anything you do that weakens that, okay, ability to regenerate tissue um, or deal with pathogens is going to weaken your immune system response. I mean, even way back in 1968, The Lancet titled the article, Limitations of the Germ Theory. The germ theory is a gross oversimplification the germ theory has become dogma because it neglects many of the other factors which play a part in deciding whether the host germ environment complex is to lead to infection. Among these are susceptibility, genetic constitution, behavior, socioeconomic determinants. Uh, it's amazing. Rudolf Virchow, um, father of the germ theory, flies don't cause garbage. If I could live my life over again, I would devote it to proving that germs seek their natural habitat, disease tissue, rather than being cause of the disease. Um, here's one out of the International Journal of Vaccines and Vaccinations. Um, the title of the article is Who Had Their Finger on the Magic of Life? Antoine Beauchamp or Louis Pasteur? So it's with Beauchamp had the profound voice of his science not been silenced. Much of humankind may have been spared the worst aspects of infections or vital stressors of the 20th century. At least we would have understood much more clearly why we have them. Fortunately, Beauchamp's work has been kept alive by small successive bands of truth seekers. <clears throat> so when you're talking that the immune system, anything you do to help the, the body's ability to respond to the environment is good, okay, instead of being afraid of ger germs. It's interesting that, let me read that again, had the profound voice of his science not been silenced. So does that mean that, that science should have a dialogue that there isn't one science, okay? I mean, if you still think that the world was shut down because of a virus, um, you're too far gone to understand common sense, okay? This is um, actually being utilized to change our society. Um, just look at China. <laughs>
Okay, so let's look at your body's response to an infectious agent. For one, you're talking about a well-organized molecular parasite. This is not um, a pathogen that can reproduce on its own. So anytime you get it and you have mucous membranes around every opening to the environment. So when you get that attack, your mucous membranes are going to swell up, and this is going to cause an increased histamine production, which is going to run, um, elevate your temperature. It's going to cause leukotaxis, which is movement of white cells. And if you figure, the fever is one of the first um, immune system responses. Um, for every one degree increase in t uh, temperature, the speed of the immune system doubles. So this is hugely important, understanding that um, we do have uh, a normal immune system response. You're going to have increased immune system or mucus production. This walls off the invader. Uh, you're going to have immune system cells, such as T-killer cells, that go in and kill the invader. Then you're going to have diarrhea, <coughs> coughing, a chew, sneezing, okay? All of this is to eliminate the dead and, and decayed cells and the, the old mucus production. And then your body can restore and rebuild. So anything that hurts these um, responses is going to weaken your immune system. It's kind of like um, a fever, Here's a, one, a journal article out of 2004, Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology. Uh, children who ran a fever during their first year were less likely to develop allergies later in, in childhood. Fevers stimulate the rapid production of white cells. Research shows that letting a fever run its course will reduce the length and severity of such illnesses such as the cold and flu. The brain has an internal regulatory mechanism that prevents fevers caused by infections from getting higher than 105 or 106. Body temperature would have to get above 108 degrees to cause damage, and this is only in exceptional circumstances, such as central nervous system disorders or heat stroke, you know, locking a kid in a car. So we have to look at fever. Now, remember, three years of world takeover, no one has told you to take vitamin C or to take... Um, um, to get deep sleep or to get social interaction to help your immune system response. No, it's all fear and ignorance. <clears throat> and when we look at genetics, epigenetics, your body is designed to live here. You've got thousands of generations that came before you. Um, now, genetics is the blueprint that you have in your DNA, and 45% of this is in viral origin. Epigenetics is the control above the genes, and that's why. So if you are taking a medication, and this is what they found with the last Voldemort virus that we can't talk about, if you were taking cholesterol drugs or um, blood pressure drugs, such as ACE inhibitors, that you had an increased death rate. Now, why would that be? Well, for one, cholesterol-lowering drugs, blood pressure drugs, beta blockers, diuretics, um, anti-inflammatories, contraceptives, antibiotic, all cause permanent changes in your epigenome, leading to heart cancer, obesity, mental disorders, bipolar disorders, infertility, I mean, all sorts of things. We know that antibiotics actually weaken your immune system response. 
um, we know that uh, even though antibiotics weaken the immune system, you're looking at a $40 billion a year business. And this is going to be what's spent on asthma, emphysema, antibiotics, okay, uh, that have no effect on viruses that cause colds. <clears throat> You're looking at over a billion dollars a year, and this was back in 2003, um, $3 billion a year on over-the-counter drugs, to say nothing of the $100 billion that was spent the last year on on an ineffective um, injection, and you can't call it a vaccine because they had to change the definition of a vaccine. So this is crazy. Steroids, we know, suppress an immune system response. We know that weakening the fever response with aspirin or acetaminophen or ibuprofen, um, it, it leads to more viral shedding. It leads to um, a longer infection. I mean, it's crazy then we know that if you have a poisoning, like let's say you're eating GMOs, genetically modified foods, um, they're generally soaked in glyphosate, which is uh, an herbicide. And this is a mineral chelator. It's an antibiotic. It weakens the immune system. Now, they said when they first came out with this uh, genetically modified corn, that whose pesticide would destroy the in insect's digestive tract. It was called BT toxin. Um, they said that it would be never found in the human body. Well, it's now found in um, pregnant women, and it's found in pregnant women's umbilical cords and their breast milk. So we have this BT toxin that's designed to destroy the gastrointestinal tract of insects, protecting the corn plant, survives the cow's digestion, survives the cooking process, the mom's digestion, and now it's inside of our children. Oh, don't worry about the no long-term results on the current vaccine, because it's not a vaccine, it's just an injection. Um, so what can you do? Number one, get proper nutrition. This means um, you've got to get healthy gut flora, fermented vegetables, healthy fats, organic plant-based diet. And the reason I just say plant-based diet is because it's easier to get the nutrients and minerals and amino acids out of plants when you're in a stressed state. Um, and figure every plant out there is vital. I mean, they literally will. Um, can reverse cancer, they can reverse osteoporosis. Plants have um, certain factors in there, and this is nearly every fruit and vegetable have factors that can inhibit um, complex molecules that can damage healthy cells. So it's literally let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. It's like one of the greatest soups that we recommend is onions, garlic, turmeric, black pepper, and sea salt. And you cook this stuff down. So onions are antimicrobial. White onions are great. Or the yellow onions. Um, garlic, okay, and this is, again, fantastically good for you. Antimicrobial, <clears throat> kills multiple pathogens. Turmeric, again, hot, powerful antioxidant and antimicrobial. Black pepper and sea salt with water. You cook this stuff down. It's the greatest, we call it super soup. 
And then you need healthy vitamins and minerals and supplements like like anchovy, mackerel, sardine, okay, healthy omega-3s. Get vitamin D3 exposure. This means exposure to the sun. If you don't have healthy exposure to the sun, then you're going to have to supplement vitamin D3 and K2. Fantastic. I mean, adults require, some people will say 8,000 international units a day. <clears throat> I've seen Dr. McCullough recommend 100,000 units a day if you have a cough or cold. Just know that vitamin D3 is deficiency is linked to depression, um, brain dysfunction, chronic infections, um, all types of cancer. So vitamin D deficiency is not good. Getting sufficient amounts of vitamin D is fantastic. And then look at things that weaken your immune system, such as stress. And, and you figure any type of stress, and there's physical, chemical, and emotional stress, that literally weaken every system of the body. And then regular exercise. And this is, again, if there was really a virus, a deadly virus pandemic that was something no worse than the flu. <clears throat> well, I know what you're saying. We have flus every year and colds every year. Yeah, every time that we have low vitamin D levels, there's weakened tissue. And then these pathogens, which are designed to chew up abnormally placed tissue, are more active, and that's what their job is to do. So if you build cells faster than they break down, you got a thing called health. If you break down cells faster than they build up, you have disease. So you've got to just keep looking at anything you do that helps tissue production is going to be good. Anything you do that harms tissue production is going to be bad. So you've got to deal effectively with the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. That's why none of the government interventions, none of which we're talking about strengthening the immune system. And so when you get these buttheads talking about, I am the science, if you're against me, you're against science. No, science is always changing. <clears throat> you think 100 years from now, they're going to look back at the time that we are now and say, wow, those guys were so advanced to lock people and shut them away and close down the beaches and close down the hiking trails and not recommend any vitamins or minerals or supplements and, you know, having them cover their face so they rebreathe in their own waste. You think 50 years from now or 100 years from now, people look back and say, wow, that 100-year-old science was so advanced. No, no, wake up and smell the coffee. So proper exercise, fantastic. I mean, just diaphragmatic breathing reduces mental and physical fatigue. It improves blood circulation, cellular oxygenation. I mean, this is something hugely important. And this is why when we talk about dealing with physical, chemical, or emotional stress, you find the source of the problem, and then your body can, can heal from it. Now, um, it's interesting because the second half of our talk, I was going to get into smallpox, cowpox, polio, because they're going to try and panic the public again. And statistically, if you panic the public, even though the public is aware that they were lied to, uh, 
80% of the population will go along with it, just like lemmings jumping off a cliff. So, And you already know the family members that you have that will listen to this insanity and say, oh, God, yeah, I'm going to go back to the face masking. Oh, I'm going to totally do the social distancing. Oh, I'm going to, you know, shut down and worry about whatever. Okay, so just know that this is going to be um, uh, more of a challenge coming up because now they're talking about RSV virus, they're talking about the flu and um, coronavirus, which is going to be around for forever because it has been around for forever. <coughs> so in 1896, and I want, I want you to get this, because if you're not going to learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Um, uh, quote, despite increasing evidence that vaccination with cowpox pus did not prevent smallpox, the practice continued. Physicians for the first time attended the healthy. 100% of their catchment areas could now be treated instead of just the 10% of people who contracted smallpox. So think of this. Vaccination was the first medical procedure that you could do to healthy people. You didn't have to wait for the ones to be sick. Now, when you think back of the statistics I read, and I'm talking polio, diphtheria, pertussis, all of these measles, mumps, rubella, all these deadly diseases that had a 99% recovery rate. So if you're only treating the people that were sick from that, Okay, you're talking one less than 1% of the population. <clears throat> but if you could um, have a medical procedure that you fix, or that you do to everyone, you treat 100% of the people, not 1%. So it's very, very profitable. Dr. Hedwin um, aptly remarked in 1896, quote, what Jenner discovered was hardly original in its general principle was that it was pays far better to scare 100% of the fools in the world, the vast majority, into buying a vaccine than it does to treat a small minority who really gets smallpox and who can't afford to pay anything. It was indeed a very great discovery worth thousands of millions, and this is why, um, and that is why this kind of blackmail is still kept going. End of quote. Over a century later, his words still ring true. And again, going back to the very first one, because since this is a religion and it's not based on facts or science, when you question anything about vaccines, um, the religious zealots will say, well, it wiped out smallpox and it wiped out polio. That's why I encourage you to get educated by reading the book Dissolving Illusions. Now, now, let me read some things from the time in the late 1700s. Vaccination campaigns began. It didn't take long before cases of smallpox among the vaccinated were reported. The first responses were denial. But then when the vaccinated were obviously affected, Jenner and his supporters said that the disease was in milder form. Have you heard about that today? You know, you've got to get the vaccine to protect your neighbors, to protect grandma. And then they find out, oh, it doesn't prevent infection or transmission. Oh, well, it would have made it less severe. Okay? 
And I just want to tell you that this crazy story has been done for the last 200 years. Okay, when the vaccinated caught the disease and died, instead of calling it smallpox, they had to rename the disease, call it spurious cowpox or pustular eczema. And to explain why the vaccinated were still dying, they said, well, the number of punctures was incorrect or the revaccination was necessary or the lymph was was impure. Okay, can you see the same thing? So science has to pass two stages, theory and observation. Now, the theory is that you of vaccination, you're injecting an antigen, viruses, pathogen, adjuvants, preservatives, stabilizers. You're injecting something into the body. The theory is this has an effect on the body, <coughs> to mount an immune system response that prepares your immune system to mount a defense so you may not get has sick or prevent the illness. Now, the observation is the effectiveness of the product, consumer reports, real-world data, not just laboratory data, how the effects on the other systems, like does the vaccine help with liver function or cause liver damage, um, and the overall health of the vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So all of these scientific processes have to be done in order to ascertain if something is good. But when you're talking all of these diseases have a 99.9% recovery rate and that it's just based on money to give a vaccine to a disease that is a 99.9% recovery rate, which has a myriad of negative effects on the human body. Um, it's time that we rethink the scientific education. That's why in the censored portion, we're going back in a time to find out that this argument and lies has been going on for 200 years. Take care of yourself. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. You're designed to live here. <laughs>